This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. That's how everybody's going to find out about us. And got a very special announcement, T. Wait for it. We have reached 3,000 subscribers. We want to say thank you all for liking and subscribing to our YouTube page and commenting and telling your family and friends and everything. We just ask that you continue to do that. Please do. If you have not liked or subscribed to our YouTube page, what are you waiting on? Go ahead and join the crowd. It's a nice crowd. 3,000 subscribers. Is, that's a nice um, size crowd right there. So make sure you come on and join the cool kids and get with us. We got a lot on, sport, on board for today. The Braves. They did what they were supposed to do, and now they, now they gotta they gotta continue to do that against the New York Mets. And T, the Falcons played the Lions. Some good things, some things they need to work on. We'll talk about all that in our deep dive segment. And last but not least, in for the culture, Trey is in his fields. We got to talk about it. We'll talk, but before we get there, we gotta talk about the Braves getting the win yesterday. 3-1, Michael Harris hitting the home run to tie the game in the ninth inning. T, all the youngsters, all the people, all the uh, no-name pitchers, uh, everybody got it done over the weekend as the Braves sweep, swept the Marlins. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing to see. And like I, it, we're, we're coining a new phrase, and this is a positive thing. The rookies are going to rook. That's yes, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> because when you think about what Michael Harris II was able to do, Vaughn Grissom and Bryce Elder, oh, man. just Come amazing, on. just amazing. And so that to me is exciting because now you're coming down the stretch and you're getting some guys back slowly but surely, right? You're getting good news about Max Reed coming off that concussion IL later this week. You're hearing that Ozzy Albies is getting through his progressions and he's still on target to come back in September. You get Travis Darno back tonight. So that's another good one. So that is good, but even better to know, and even Mike's rehab assignment on Tuesday, but even right. better to know is what those prospects were able to do. And to your point, to put out there a lineup of Odorizzi, Muller, Anderson, and I mean, and an and Elder, and mm -hmm. to get the results that you were able to get, I think that's great because what that also does, Jarvis, is it gives Brian Snicker the opportunity to really put his best against the Mets' best, and let's see what happens this week. No doubt about it, and I think that that was all part of the plan, right, that Snicker had, and I think that that is something that you have to take a look at as the Braves get ready to take on the Mets. They are currently on a six-game winning streak. We want to see that bad boy continue. We'll talk about that Mets series coming up, but first, T, Tell the folks about Bet Online and what they got going on with the kids. Yeah, so Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs, your sports info. You can find out all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news. And listen, you can go for Major League Baseball. You might be looking at where Austin Riley is right now and what his odds are to take that NL MVP. If you want to know where that stands, you go right to betonline.net. It'll give you that information. Also, we're always looking at NBA and NFL. Like Jarvis said, Falcons played the Lions this past weekend. 
kind of looking good there. So what's that over under looking like now as far as wins and losses this upcoming season? If you want to know if the line has shifted, you go to betonline.net for all that information. And if you're a beginner with some of this, they've got scores, they've got podcasts and news that will really help you to get acclimated to bet online. And if you're somebody who likes niche sports, MMA, boxing and golf, they got you covered there too. So after you check out ATL Day 1s, your next stop should be betonline.net. You can catch them online through your laptop or through your cell phone. Any connected device will allow you to get to betonline.net because that is where the game starts. And, and when you think about it, T, I, I think there is something that you have, we have to kind of take into consideration when we talk about what the Braves did, right? Because you talk about you know Bryce Elder and how he how he pitched um, on yesterday. And, yes. And that is something that when you hear uh, the Braves sweeping a four-game series and mm-hmm. you don't hear Max Free's name, you don't hear, yes. you know, Kyle Wright's name, none of those names come up, right? You hear, you know, guys like Bryce Elder and Kyle Moeller, you yes. know, winning, you know, pick, going out there and having good performances. And, and I mm-hmm. think that that's some of the – I think it speaks to what we talk about, you know, a guy that we continue to give kudos on this show, Alex Anthopoulos, and what he's doing – and, and how he's been able to just kind of make sure he has a couple of more uh, rounds in, in the uh, ammunition, you know, to, to throw out there when things like, you know, Max Free come about and, and those and Ian Anderson go through his struggles, even though he was out, he was able to give a good performance this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's the names that you didn't hear this weekend. In addition to those starting pitchers, I didn't hear this name for a long period of time. Colin McHugh, Tyler Matzik. Kenley Jansen. What does that mean? That means that the four pitchers that you put on in that starting rotation for this series were able to go long innings. We're talking about Jake Odorizzi. He had the shortest stint out there, right? Four innings pitch, but in his 87 pitches, he got 57 strikes. So that's encouraging. Also, you got Muller to go five innings. Then you got Ian Anderson to go six. You got seven innings out of Bryce Elder. And listen to this. 104 pitches granted, but 65 strikes in there as well. So I think that's also critical because if it comes down to the bullpen in this Mets series, like we know, there are one or two instances in that last series where it's like, man, if the bullpen is rested, that also plays in the Braves' favor. No doubt about it. And and I think that, you know, speaking of, I think one of the th- main things, though, for this Mets series, in order for the Braves to to be able to do what they need to do, um, mm-hmm. to stay in this uh, NL East divisional race is that they're going to have to give Spencer Strider some run support. And I think yeah. that, you know, that's something that – and Spencer Strider has to get off to a good start as well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that how he does that is making sure he's keeping that pitch count down and the Braves are being patient because I yeah. think that one thing that Von Grissom did over the weekend is just he's so patient at the plate. Mm-hmm. When you think about in those big moments when he was just too able to draw a walk and have yeah. 12 and 13 pitch uh, right. at-bats, that's yeah. some of the things that you don't necessarily see from a rookie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for him to be doing that in this moment, I think that this is something that, hey, we're going we're gonna to have to expect him to do yeah. when, 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 when the Mets come to town. Yeah, and Spencer Strider, it, he's going to have to be patient. Like, understand where you are in the count and understand where they are in their strategy in your count. So right. if you were up in the count, then go ahead and just knock it out with whatever pitch that's going to be because you're adding a third pitch to your arsenal because they love, the Mets love nothing else but to have a 3-2 count and then foul. They work away, it, T. They work it. And work that count until the pitcher is exhausted. Spencer Strider, you know this now. 
So now that you understand the assignment, you got to go and you got to deliver in that regard. But to your point as well, you got to get the run support because it could be a, a close game, if you will. But I think that'll also give Strider the confidence if he can get those runs on the board early and not be, quote unquote, playing from behind. And I think when I look at this series as well, I, I, I got to say it's kind of must win. And I got to say game one is kind of must win as well. So for me, I want to see the Braves get out of the gates and make that statement early. Like we understand the importance of this, our second to last series against these Mets for the rest of this regular season. And this game could really be what, you know, vaults us through the rest of this series and gets us right there where we need to be in terms of letting the Mets know we're not giving up. We're not accepting just wild card and, and that birth. We want this. We want this division. We want it for a fifth time. And I think that I'll go ahead and say it is a must win. Like tonight is a must win because of what you just said. Like if you are seriously looking at winning this division, having mm-hmm. a, a serious chance at winning the division, because think about it, just do the math on it, right? Yeah. Like they only have they only play them seven games. Right. <laughs> Coming into this game, they're gonna play the Mets seven more times. That's it. Yeah. And after this series is over with, they only have three. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, in order for the Braves to really want to try to lock in a, a serious chance at winning this division they mm-hmm. have to they have to win this series it can't be or they can't split with the with the mess they can't it can't be a situation where they lose three out of four like yeah. because yeah. i think if they lose three out of four they are out of it and they oh. better focus in on trying to get that wild card spot that's for sure yeah. And if you're not out of it by losing three or four, then you become dependent on other teams. And I don't know about you, Jarvis, but I like the Braves to be able to control their own destiny. And the way you control your own destiny is to win games. So, yeah, I honestly, I don't even want to see a split of the series. Go ahead and get your three games out of your four, just like they got four out of five on you, and then start to close that gap. The Phillies gave you a little bit of a gift when they beat them in that one game in the weekend series. So that got yes. you you know, a little bit closer to, to them. But go ahead and do what you need to do to get closer. And that way, Braves, it's all about what you do, especially because, let's face it, as we go into September, the Mets have the easier schedule. So go ahead and get it done right now, and then you catapult yourself through the remainder of the the regular season, and let's just see who comes out on top. No doubt about it. Speaking of uh, getting the win, T, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons got a win against the Detroit Lions, twenty seven yeah. to twenty three. Ah. T, I don't know about you, but uh, sitting there watching that game, I was just like, okay, I'm trying to hold back because there's some very some very interesting things that we saw in, against the the um, Detroit Lions on on Friday night, but. I think the main thing is that that offense, the offense and that running game, it looked pretty solid. We'll talk about it on the other side, right? Yes, we'll talk about it on the other side, but let's let's go and jump right into it because I think what? that that's okay, no, I can't it. wait. It's time. It's time, it's time it to go and get into it. But you know, and I think just to kind of you know start get us started here, I think it's something there that you know for the first thing for me, I think is it was the the main thing was how the quarterback play and the protection, right? Because, you know, Marcus Mariota started off, you know, got off to got the offense into a rhythm and he was taking off. If it wasn't anything there, he had no issues running whatsoever. And so that speaks to what you may have learned in terms of what you saw in training camp and even throughout OTAs. And you just understand that, wow, now we get to see them with full pads on. We get to see them against 
you may not believe the Lions are a good team, but you need to believe their defense is. And you wanted to see things like what were they going to do against Aiden Hutchinson? Let's just be honest. Right. But yes. before I go deep into some of that breakdown of the 1v1s, what did you learn maybe on a bigger level, a larger level from that Falcons-Lions game? You know what? I think the the main thing for me was first thing that stood out to me was how the defense it looked a little that first team defense looked a little shaky. But offensively though, I think that it got into a nice rhythm. I think Arthur Smith was calling plays. He was putting his guys in position to make plays and not make mistakes because he was getting those guys out, get rolling, Marcus Mariota out and get, you know, making have making make easy reads. You know, Mar Marcus Mariota went two for two. You know, he didn't throw the ball much, but like I said, he didn't make mistakes. And I think that, you know, in a preseason game, it seemed like Mariota had something to prove because he was out here diving into the end zone and, and you know, taking on uh, defenders and stuff, trying to, you know, run through folks. And I was just like, man, all right, this is just the first game, dude. Calm right. down. Like, right. like exactly. I, I know you want to play 17 this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even though you've never done that, but I know you want to play 17 this year. And I think mm -hmm. that that running game, though, T, that was the thing that just really just – just made me feel good in my soul. The Falcons almost averaged six yards a pop running the football. Like, mm -hmm. I almost thought I was dreaming. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just to go back and piggyback on what you said about the quarterbacks, I think that this is probably going to be a Captain Obvious, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway. We saw Matt Ryan scramble when he absolutely had to. And we saw a few right. times there, even last season and the season before, where he may have dived for a first down, or he may have dived into the end zone or just, you know, fought his way in. But to see Mariota and Ritter comfortably moving the pocket, right. that's the thing that's going to be so... They weren't running for their lives. Like, exactly. they were moving because They're that was what the play was designed to do. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And so whether it's a play where uh, the coverage broke down and they just took off, or whether it's design plays, which I'm sure, sure we're going to see some of those. That was something that I also thought was encouraging because, listen, Mariota and Ritter obviously are not the Hall of Fame type quarterback that Matt Ryan is. But what they right. do bring is mobility. And that could be something that could be very critical for the Falcons going into your next point, which is contribute to the run game how you will. Because ultimately speaking, you had to have been excited about the fact that you got 86 yards. You know, you're approaching 100. And of course, that's 86 yards when you take Mariota and Ritter's numbers out of there, by the way. So just pure running right. match. You got yourself 20 carries for 86 yards. And again, like you said, that has to be encouraging. No doubt about it. And and that's the thing that I think that is going to add a different dynamic to this mm -hmm. offense, like you mentioned. Like, we, we're not used to seeing this, right? And I think that another thing that's going to add to it, even if, the, if you get into a situation during the regular season where you mm -hmm. are – struggling to run the ball with the running backs right but you know your quarterback is averaging seven to eight yards when he takes off running so i think yes. that yes. that is going to extend drives you're going to keep your mm -hmm. defense on the off the field longer mm -hmm. and that's going to give uh, arthur smith a, a, an opportunity to open up his playbook even more because you're going to mm -hmm. be in short yardage situations on 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 and second on third down so and that's what you want you want the defense to be in a situation where dang we got to think about the dang near the entire playbook yes. or whatever we've seen on film and mm -hmm. instead of being in like okay here's what they can call on third and 15 <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. i'm saying so it's kind of like you know it's only so many plays you can call for for that mm -hmm. so i think that you know that's going to be a, another interesting dynamic or weapon or tool that mm -hmm. arthur smith is going to be able to use and i think that 
that mobile quarterback just adds that. It just adds to the offense, and it's an easy, easy fixture into you know your your regimen. Yeah, and I love something that our guy Auspicious Jay said. He said the run game looked good, and we didn't have Cordero on the field. That's another great point. That is another yes. great point because if yep. you can get that kind of yardage without your RB one getting the bulk of it, with getting some productivity from Kadri Allison, who got obviously a lot of touches on Friday, but also to get a little bit from Tyler Algier. And some of it wasn't always about running. Some of it was showing some good blocking because right. we know that that's as critical as well. So yeah, I love that comment that you made. And then Jarvis, going back to Friday where we were giving some of our keys to the game, we talked about what we wanted to see on defense. And one of the things I like, and before we go there, I'm actually going to take one quick step back. Because I got to shout these guys out because no sacks means no sacks means no sacks. I don't care how you get there. You Mm -hmm. did not allow any sacks and you only allowed four QB hits. And so before we go to defense, Jarvis, I I hate to, you know, go back to offense because offense always gets so much love. But O-line has been arguably the biggest question for the Falcons going into this season. So whether, like you said earlier, whether you play the Lions or whomever you play, it does not matter. If you are keeping your quarterback up, right? That's what matters. No doubt about it. And, like, you got to give, just like, you know, talk about the run game, that's the offensive line was opening up holes. That's why you saw Kodger Allison coming downhill like he's supposed to. And that's why you saw Tyler Algier, even in the second half, he was popping a couple runs. And and I think that that's encouraging, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've seen Allison have something to prove. Like, he can't prove anything if he's he's getting touched as soon as he gets the football in his hand or get the handoff, so to speak. So, I, I think that that was encouraging. And for, like I said, even though we talked about Mariota and Desmond, mm-hmm. you know, taking off running and stuff like right. that, they weren't taking off running because they were under duress. They mm-hmm. were taking off running because, like, hey, my read, I made my read. It wasn't mm-hmm. there. I took yeah. off running. Or Arthur Smith was calling those rollouts. And mm-hmm. he was like, hey, I got I got tuck and go. Like, Arthur yep. Smith saying, hey, if you don't see it, Take mm-hmm. off running. And I think that that's that's the th- type of thing that's going to keep moving the chains. It's staying mm-hmm. drives, which is going to help everybody out on the team. Yes. And speaking of sustaining drives or shutting drives down. Yes. The first drive that you saw with the Lions, you know, it kind of made you cringe, if you will. Yes. Their opening drive, it made you cringe. But the rest of what DP's defense was able to do for the rest of the day, it had to absolutely be encouraging. Yes, there was only one sack. I get it. And only five QB hits. But those pressures are absolutely important. We talk about that on ATL Day Ones all the time, where you may not have something specific in uh, the stats category with an actual sack, but you've got to talk about some of the pressure that that defense brought. And none other than our guy, Arnold Ebikati, is where we got to start that conversation. Of course, because that, <laughs> that's a guy that I called out, right? So, yeah, like, uh, yeah, we got to start there. So, right. AK, amen. Good job, brother. Yeah, because it, it started off a little shaky in the beginning. In that first series, it looked a little like, all right, well, am I playing in the NFL or no? Am I, I'm still in college. I don't know. But after that, you know, there were some substitutions made on the Detroit side, mm-hmm. and he took advantage of that. That's all you can ask. Like, yeah. if a second-round pick is still in the game and that backup tackle's in there, yeah, you want to see him whoop him. You want to see yeah. him start getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that, that was a beautiful – the most – the, the the part that I absolutely love, though, seeing mm-hmm. 
was it was a third I think it was like third and seven yes. and yes. it was uh D'Angelo Malone and Arne Evacati mm -hmm. on both sides and yes. you just saw them just collapse the pocket and I was yes. just like oh yes this is what I've been waiting yes. for in my life and then as soon as the quarterback came out Arne Evacati mm -hmm. tried to reach out and doggone grab him and bring him down he didn't quite do it but man that's what you're talking about right there but all you ask all you can ask after that play like hey man just finish. That's all you got to do. You did everything right. All you got to do is finish and get that quarterback on the ground. But, yeah, but kudos to Arne Ebicati. Like, mm -hmm. he he watches the show. He listens to the show. He understands, like, how I felt. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, man, keep doing your thing, dude. Keep uh, stacking stacking good games on top of each other. That's all you got to do, right? If I can Absolutely. use one of those cliches. Right. So, we got what we needed in terms of our keys to the game. Your key to the game was for Arnold Ebicati to show us what he had. My key to the game was making sure that we could see what we needed from the running game because I believe yes. that's going to be critical for the offense. But what surprised you about what you saw on Friday night? Something that maybe we didn't call out or someone that maybe we didn't call out. And you're like, mm, good look. I mentioned his name before, Tyler Algier, as far as how he was running the football. But T, mm -hmm. how that dude was pass blocking? Oh, my yeah. goodness. I tweeted about this during the game. I was just like, I think the only people don't understand, like, a lot of times when rookie running backs come into the league, mm -hmm. that's the thing that keeps them off the field. Because yeah. when they do come into the game and you know they're not necessarily that great of a pass blocker, mm -hmm. pass blocker, they're not going to call a pass because right. offensive coaches don't want to put their players in those type of positions because they know they're probably going to fail. Mm -hmm. But when Algier, even on the game-winning touchdown, Algier came up and stepped up in that pocket and just stifled that linebacker to the point where the linebacker just fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. Algier kind of backed up, gathered himself. I was like, and then that's when Ritter rolled out and threw the ball into the end zone. I was just like, man, that was something that was shocking, but it was a good shock. But yeah, Tyler Algier, he he's on his way. Like if you if you're pass blocking like that, oh my God, all the run the rest of the running back stuff that'll come, that'll come. In, indeed. And for me, it was just a Jalen Dalton and not so much that he got mm. the sack in subbing in for Grady Jarrett. But again, talking about the fact that we want Dean Pease to have as many weapons as he can possibly have to get. After numbers, the numbers game. So, yep. We don't care who it was. I was just excited that it was, but it was a surprise that it was him. But it was also exciting because I was like, yep, that's what we want. Whoever he puts in, understand the assignment, get after the quarterback and try your best to get home. Now, from a concern perspective, were there any people or any aspects of the game that kind of made you concerned? You know what? I, it has to be the penalties, the penalties for me, because if we if it weren't for one penalty, um, I'm sorry, Quentin Bell, I think his name, outside linebacker uh, out mm -hmm. of Prairie View, a &M, if he hadn't got that, um, that, that penalty, mm -hmm. take one grand would have had a sack. You talking about Taquan Graham was playing some good ball as well, so he was doing his thing in the run game and in, in the, on the pass rush side of things. So that was the only. If I can say there is a, a critique that I'm really concerned about, and I'm sure Arthur Smith is harped on that on Sunday, and um, it, it has to be those uh, getting rid of those penalties. Yeah, absolutely. And I see from Red Swarm, he says my favorite play of the game was when Algier stopped the blitz. On the final touchdown of the game, yep. I couldn't help but think back to the pass block. Oh my God, he is reading my mind. I gotta read you this. I gotta read you. This. He goes, I couldn't help but think back to the pass block that Devontae Freeman missed in the Super Bowl. You know what? I don't even have to say anything. Right. Why are you he gonna do that? Bring that up, man. Come on. That's what I was thinking because I was like, I'm not gonna say Devontae's name, but since Red Swarm went there. I just wanted to go ahead and co-sign because when I talked about Tyler Algier blocking, 
that's where my mind was going. Mm-hmm. It's the critical moments. You're right, Red Swarm, where you got to get after it. If that's the opportunity that you're given to block, go ahead and do that because that's a part of your job as well. And speaking of a part of our jobs, we always have these great opportunities that we got to tell you about from our sponsors and drivers. You want to tell them about one of our favorites, if not our favorite, low key. Got to tell you about Coffee AM. <laughs> Let me tell you about these folks. Like Now, first, I'm going to get a website first, and then I'm going to tell you how great it is. CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. I start my day with Coffee AM each and every day because I just love getting up early in the morning and getting my day going, but I got to get my day going with those K-Cups. I love the K-Cups. The Kenya, the coffee from Kenya, oh, my God, it is so amazing. It, it literally wakes you up in the morning. And because, and guess what? This stuff is fresh. Like as soon as you put your order in, then they make it. They don't have it just sitting up in some big old warehouse just waiting, you know, uh, uh, getting not as fresh as it, as it should be. They have it, they're waiting on your order. And as soon as you send your order in, they're going to start doing it because this is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. So what you going to do, Jarvis? How can I do this? How can I buy this stuff? I'm going to tell you the website again, coffeeam.com backslash locked on and when you go to the coupon code box drop in the code locked on and they're going to give you 15 percent off all coffee teas and gifts that just because you listen and watch us yes. how great is that so yeah, go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on drop in the code locked on 15 percent off right now well wait till the show is over and then you go do it there you go. Go. yeah <laughs> you your afternoon tea and keep it moving and speaking of tea we got some tea in the last 24 hours that somebody right here in our backyard is not pleased about something that really should be going down in about five months but it's not happening for us anymore so let's talk about it and for the culture Jarvis let's talk about this thing well you know as you know T you know I'm always kind of surfing the internet for some different little stories and everything and anytime I see Trey Young trending I gotta check out and see what's going on now and this story was no different. Now, uh, I, got, I got Sham Sharania, the NBA insider extraordinaire, uh, tweeted out yesterday the list of games that we'll be playing on Christmas. Yes. Now, I'm going to run these games. I'm going to list these games for you. And I'm going to tell you the one that stands out to me that I, I feel like it shouldn't be long. And you can kind of tell me which one you think should not belong. All right. Here we go. We got Bucks at Celtics. No issue with that. 76ers and Knicks. <clears throat> Suns and Nuggets, Lakers at Mavericks, Grizzlies at Warriors. I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. Why the hell are the Knicks playing? Why the hell are the Knicks? Why why are the Knicks playing on 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 Christmas? Like, and don't please miss me with the whole Madison Square Garden stuff, T. So does Trey Young have a point here? Oh, he has an absolute point because other than Jalen Brunson, do you really even know what that roster looks like? What? And even what? with Jalen Brunson, he had a great run in the postseason. Not to say he wasn't a solid player last regular season, but he had a great run in the postseason. And you know the Sixers, they're kind of not going to wake up until the second half of the season. Let's just keep it real. So for me, that was kind of frustrating because Trey Young has showed over and over, he's shown that he can show out on the biggest stage. So I don't have a clue why the Hawks and Trey Young are not playing on Christmas Day. The other thing there is this. Not only is it not a Trey Young playing on Christmas Day, but you've got an exciting duo in Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. And when right. I look at those other games and kind of the duos that are going to be out there, save the Lakers. But I mean, you could still say LeBron and 
and um, Steph Curry, because, you know, they're always fun to That's watch. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got no problem with that. <laughs> you yeah. made a great point as well about uh, who is it, Bucks. Of course, you want to Bucks see. Bucks XLT, yeah. That's, that's a solid yeah. matchup. I like that. Yeah, let's do you it. You want to see uh, what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to do and whomever it is that's going to be <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with the Greek. Right. Yeah. Or Kevin Durant. Who, or, who right. knows? Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, those are solid games. But it was a head scratcher, I will admit. When I looked at Sixers Knicks and I said, okay. We know it's probably Knicks, Madison Square Garden. We get all that. But honestly, I hear what Trey's saying, but I will tell you this, Jarvis. I hope that this is the kind of thing that motivates Trey Young and the Hawks to show and prove and say 2020 was not an anomaly for us. 2021 was. 2020 is who we are, and we're going to show you that we can be even better, and we're going to make you wish you had us on Christmas Day. No doubt about it, and and that and that's that's all you ask, right? You have you want the team to have a, a message or that they want to convey to the, yeah. the rest of the league, and I'm all on board with that one because, hey, you know, kind of petty is used to be in my Twitter name, so you know that's kind of, kind of kind of right on brand. So yeah, Trey, keep being petty, my brother. Keep on uh, dropping those uh those trash can uh emojis <laughs> because I know exactly who it was pointed at. It was pointed at the Knicks. I, I, I'm going to put money on it, T. I love it. I love it. DeJounte yeah, Murray with his pettiness. I cannot wait till the basketball season gets started. I know it's yes, football sir. season. Y'all know I'm a football nut. But, man, that basketball season is going to be exciting as well. But, you know, speaking of football season, T, the Falcons got two guys in the NFL top 100. Man, yeah. shout out to y'all, man. Goodness gracious. All right, so, of course, we knew Kyle Pitts more than likely was going to be in there. He came in at ninety, number 91. Mm-hmm. We get the talent. We understand what that is. But I think that when you see a name like Cordero Patterson, for as long as he's been in the NFL, to make the NFL top 100 for the first mm-hmm. time, I think that was at number 73. Right, not bad for him, and I and, and you can kind of see it and hear it in his voice when he was talking yes. about it on the uh, the actual clip when they were telling yeah. him about being ranked that ranked in, in in the top one hundred. It was just a really cool thing to see, T. Exactly, he has been such a breath of fresh air for the Falcons, and I'll just tell you, I'll be honest, on the field and off the field, he's fun for us as the media to talk to. He's very real about his, and he plays the game with the same passion. Whether you have him in the backfield whether you have him running a route or if you have him on special teams, it's the same 110% every single play that his body will allow him to. So excited that the Falcons actually got him back because sometimes, you know, a player will have that kind of flash breakout season and you don't get the guy, right? But they actually are able, they were able to keep Cordero and I think he's going to be a critical piece to them in so many different ways, just with the versatility. So yeah, very, very excited for the veteran to get that kind of acknowledgement from his peers. But I also think that's pretty cool for Kyle Pitts to get that kind of acknowledgement after just his rookie season that the league is watching and the league is able to appreciate what he's doing. And listen, that also tells me that it it doesn't go without notice because, you know, Kyle Pitts makes it look easy. I thought about that Friday. I'm like, you know, you have to talk about him because, I mean, he makes everything look so easy and it's so flawless. But to say that your peers have taken notice this early in your career tells me, man, listen. They see you're you're special, and it's not just us being biased, but the league is saying, yeah, he's one of the best, and he's going to soon enough be the best tight end out there. 
No doubt about it. I, and we and I think that I don't know about you, but I already know there's a guy in my head that I know was going to be in the uh, top fifty there. Mm-hmm. Um, last name Terrell, first name AJ. Exactly. <laughs> this, this better not be the last conversation we're having about some Falcons on that top one hundred, or this show will have some problems. Yeah. <laughs> we but anyway, <laughs> speaking of that, we don't want problems tomorrow because you know what we want to talk about we want to talk about a good thing do we not want to talk about dubs on this show dubs on we appreciate you for always rocking with us you guys coming out and hanging out with us on our live show today come back tomorrow we're going to bring more of it again but we're talking about a dub same time same place 12 45 eastern 45 p.m and why not tell your friends we're the greatest thing you can do on your lunch break greatest hangout and you know what after you hang out with us, make sure you check out Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Jarvis, what time is he going live this week? Oh, John Chuckery is going, you know, he's doing the same. He's doing the same old, same old. He's back to it. We're doing one show a week, T. We don't want to overload them with, with, with excitement. We just want okay. one show at a time. <laughs> all right, all right. So, look, we are the ones that are coming out of the gates for live, but you can still see John Chuckery, maybe not this week live, maybe next week, but still check him out on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Thanks again, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day and come back and see us. And also, Jarvis and I will have some information for you from Open Practice.